We have come to not the end of the basketball desert, but an oasis, a lush, beautiful, uh, teeming with life, randomness here in the middle of the desert. It is FIBA World Cup season. And we got your Orlando Magic preview here on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is the evening of August 24th. It will be August 25th, 2023 by the time you listen to this. My name is Phil Brosmanike. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, it is your official Orlando Magic FIBA World Cup preview. We're going to go over everything you need to know, the format, who I think is going to win, that's pretty obvious. Um, we'll go over the whole thing, what to expect from the Orlando Magic's players. They have five players playing at the FIBA World Cup. We will get to all of that on today's episode of Locked on Magic. Um, I am recording this and posting this on the evening of August 24th. The tournament officially begins in Okinawa, Japan, um, with my good friend Despina Barton uh, on the on the call, I believe, on the ESPN Plus feed. Um it begins this uh, on fr- early Friday morning. It is on the other side of the world, um, so we will get we'll have full recaps uh, of everything going on day to day, starting on Sunday afternoon. So we're going to wait till Sunday afternoon to, to hit hit some hit things up uh, before we really dive into FIBA play. And we're going to be afternoon episodes throughout the duration of the FIBA World Cup, uh, so we can make sure we get those games in. Before we get to that, though, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today. To get started, so I am—I'm a big believer in international basketball. I love international basketball. We are finally here. We have finally made it to the FIBA World Cup. Um, it is a just basketball in the middle of August is always good. High-level basketball in the middle of August, I'm always going to be for that um, because we are in the basketball desert. We've got a little bit longer than a month now before uh, training camps open, so we got this nice two and a half weeks of high-intensity basketball going on. Um, it is uh, just, it's just really exciting. So 32 team tournament, the teams have been divided into, uh, I believe it is eight groups of four. Um, we're going to see the top two teams from each of these groups advance to the second round. Uh, the second round will just be a combination of the top two teams from each group. The top two teams from those groups will go to the quarterfinals and then we're in the knockout rounds. So we got a little ways to go before we get to anything super, super intense. For the Orlando Magic, they have five players playing in the FIBA World Cup, and we're going to get to talk a little bit about all of them here in a minute. Um, the Magic have five players playing in the FIBA World Cup. Obviously, Paolo Bencaro is playing for the United States. We have talked extensively about him. Franz and Mo Wagner playing for Team Journey. We have talked uh, for Team Germany. Excuse me. I'd love for there to be Team Journey. Uh, they, they would not stop believing, but they play for Team Germany. Um, one of the, fa- you know, quietly 
one of the favorites to win this tournament. All the betting lines have not caught up with that. Uh, last I saw, they were going 22 to one, which is silly because they're very, very good and they have a very good chance at meddling. I don't know if they'll win. Um, US, I think, was minus 120. Um, last I saw, um, which means you, uh, if you bet, if you have to bet 120 to win 100. Um, Germany is one of the best teams in this, this in this, and Franz Wagner is a big reason why. We got Joe Ingles playing for Australia and then Goga Batadze playing for Georgia in their debut at the FIBA World Cup. So very, very exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about all these all these players and all these games throughout the next couple weeks. We do have games. We're not going to give full game coverage uh, for, for these until we get to the later rounds. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about what we're seeing and, and what this means for the Orlando Magic because these are all, all five of these players are players who figure to be part of the rotation next season. The Orlando Magic, as an organization, and us as fans, are going to get a good look at every single one of these players and, and every single one of these uh, guys that will play a factor in the upcoming season. We anticipate that this is going to be a season with a lot of growth and a lot of potential and and and, and a growth uh, and, and, and potential to see uh, this team take next steps. And those next steps start this weekend in, in, Oka- in Japan, in the Philippines, and in, in Singapore. The finals will be in the Philippines. The U.S. is in Manila. They don't have to go anywhere. The the, the they, they rigged it that way because FIBA's FIBA's FIBA. Um, what, what, what are we going to say about that? Um, but in any case, um, this is going to be really fascinating to watch because while... In a lot of ways, we'll get hints of what they're going to be for the Magic. Obviously, they're asked to do different things for their national teams. And, and obviously, like, Paolo Caro is someone that we're following very, very closely. And I've seen people on both sides of, of the of the scale on this say, well, it would have been better for Paolo to play for Italy because he'd get all the, the reps as the number one guy. Italy was prepared to build their, nas- their national team program around him for the next decade. He would have been the star player on that team. And yes, Italy is... In the World Cup, he would have played this summer anyway if he chose to play with them. Um, I actually kind of expect him to sit out the year, so I was a bit surprised when he decided to join Team USA. With Team USA, though, Paolo Bancaro is in a secondary role. He is essentially playing the Draymond Green role off the bench for Team USA and Coach Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors. Um, it has been, in the exhibition games, a bit of a mixed bag. I'm not going to sit here and, and lie about that. I think his defensive engagement and focus has been very, very high. At the same time, I think he is still making several defensive mistakes that you would expect a rookie to make and someone who's not a natural defender. Draymond Green was always a natural defender. That's one of the reasons why he works in that role. Um, Paolo, one of the things I think we've all noticed, and, and I've seen some Magic fans be concerned about this, I am personally not concerned about it because it's just not a big deal at this point. Then maybe it becomes a big deal in October. We'll find out. But um, Paolo's not going to do a lot of scoring. Um, he is not getting the ball in necessarily positions where he's going to score. I have noted that when he does try to score, it looks like he is pressing a little bit and trying to do a little bit too much and trying to to rush things and, and go too quickly. Um, but he's not going to play the way that he's going to play for the Magic. The way to evaluate Paolo uh, in, in this tournament is, A, is the U.S. winning his minutes when he's out there? Um, and generally they have. So it's it, that, that part's been good. Um, is he defending attentively? You know, he's going to make mistakes, but is he, is he giving a good effort defensively? Largely has done that. 
He is setting screens exceptionally well. I've never seen Paolo set screens the way he's been setting screens. He was rarely used as a role man in pick and rolls. He is rolling really, really hard with the basket and sucking up a lot of intention. Oh, I, 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 you know, the U.S. plays New Zealand. Uh, we'll get to the U.S.'s path of the championship here in a minute because it is silly how, e- how at least on paper, how easy it looks. Um, but Paolo, if you watch against New Zealand on on, on uh, Saturday morning, watch how when Paolo rolls to the bas- rolls to the rim, even if he never catches the ball, and he rarely did, watch how much attention he gets because of his size and because everyone knows the skill that he has. Um, it, it's it's going to be these little things. Honestly, his scoring total, and the one thing he's still doing really, really well is getting to the foul line. Like, that has not gone away. He is still getting to the foul line. He's not making his free throws like he didn't, didn't against Germany last week, but he's still getting to the foul line plenty. I am not concerned about Paolo Bencaro being able to turn it back on when he gets, when he gets home after this tournament. Um, but watch the attention that he soaks up still. And, and it's about all these little things. It's about all these little things that he does that makes everyone's life easier. Steve Kerr said the reason why he wanted to try Paolo at center was because he understood that it was valuable to have a big who could handle the ball and push the ball up court quickly. You know, the U.S. as a basketball program, they beat you with their depth and their athleticism. So they want to push the pace as much as possible. That bench unit with Tyrese Halliburton, Austin Reeves, Paolo Bancaro, uh, Cam Johnson, and who else is in that bench group? Uh, sometimes it's Bobby Portis. Um, sometimes it's Brandon Ingram. Sometimes it's Mikal Bridges. But that unit essentially is out there to push the pace as much as possible. Get a stop, get a rebound, go. And Tyrese Halliburton does a great job pushing that pace. Paolo does a great job running with them. He's a big reason why that second unit has had a lot of success so far um, in the exhibition run. And obviously we'll see how, how it looks um, in their first game on Saturday, on Saturday morning. Eight, uh, I believe there's an 8.40 a.m. tip-off on ESPN2 against New Zealand. New Zealand, they shouldn't have a problem with New Zealand. With New Zealand. They, shouldn't have, uh, they shouldn't have a problem with any team in, in, in their first group play. Their, their group is the U.S., Greece, New Zealand, and oh, who's the fourth team? Fourth team is escaping me. I apologize to this fourth team now. Um, the U.S. shouldn't have problems with these teams. Um, they, they should advance out of their group stage very, very easily. Um, they should honestly advance out of the second group stage very, very easily. We'll talk about that path um, in, in, our, in a, one of our next segments. But for Paolo Bancaro, he is a cog in the machine. And so his job is to make sure it runs smoothly. And look, he's still making mistakes. No one's going to lie. I think there are some matchups where he's not going to be the best option, where I think they'd be better off going with Bobby Portis or with Walker Kessler, um, especially when teams go bigger on them. But he's going to get every opportunity and he's going to get every chance to really own this role and see if he can take it on. What to expect from the Magic's four other players. We'll talk about Germany, Australia, and the Republic of Georgia making their World Cup debuts. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first... It's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off. It is week zero of the college football season, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can bet you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So if you think the Jacksonville Jaguars will win the Super Bowl, you get, a, you get a bonus bet every time they win. How about the Buccaneers? How about the Dolphins? How about some other team that is irrelevant? 
You get bonus bets every time they win. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You know, obviously, we're, we're going to spend a, probably a little bit more time on Team USA just because I am very invested in Team USA. I'm a big believer in the U.S. basketball program and trying to fix it and make it better because I don't think it is run very well. Um, they, they they have the same problem as the team does where they think the talent just the talent will just win automatically. But that's, neither, that's, that's a rant for another day. The U.S. is in a really good position to get a gold. We'll get to that path to gold coming up in a minute. But let's let's talk about the rest of the Magic's players uh, at the FIBA World Cup. And obviously, you start, you know, the Magic have their two top players playing in this tournament, and where Paolo, where Paolo Bancaro is learning how to do secondary things. And look, I think that's going to help him in the long run. I think this will ultimately be a good thing for him. While Paolo is learning to do secondary things for his national team, Franz Wagner is becoming a star. Like I mentioned earlier, there are some odds that I saw have come across the wire where Germany was running at 22 to 1. And I just said to myself, that is insane. Germany was number two in FIBA.com's power rankings entering the World Cup, which seems very, very deserved. They won the bronze medal last year at Eurobasket. This is a team that is very together. They have a very distinct style. They they were a 60-point lead in the second half against the, uh, in the fourth quarter against the U.S. Uh, the other day. Um, this is a team that is very that is not only very capable of meddling, but they are very capable of winning this tournament. Um, I would probably still... Spain's not as strong as they usually are, so maybe I wouldn't put Spain on top. On top, but FIBA always has a saying: basketball is a simple game. There's five players to a side, and Spain always wins. So don't ever count out Spain. But you know they're real contenders. The U.S. obviously is above everyone else, but the U.S., Germany, Australia, Germany. Uh, did I say Germany twice? The U.S., Australia, Germany, Canada, and Spain are probably your five teams that have a real shot at winning this that winning this thing. And it, it's a robust field. Germany absolutely is one of those teams. And the reason why Germany is one of those teams is because of Franz Wagner. Last year, last summer, we all knew how good Franz Wagner was. But I think even us, even the most optimistic of Magic fans, didn't know Franz Wagner was as good as he looked in Eurobasket last, last summer. Um, he looked fantastic at Eurobasket. And that only spun things further. This year, it, it dovetailed into a fantastic sophomore season, and it continues to grow and develop. If there is a reason Germany is now a medal contender at the, it should be the biggest, but the second biggest international basketball tournament, it is because of Franz Wagner's sudden development. And that's going to continue. Dennis Schroeder is going to be the star. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to be the main creator. But Franz Wagner gets his turn. It is just like with the Orlando Magic. Sometimes he doesn't get enough shots. You always feel like he doesn't get enough shots, even though he's probably leading the team in shot attempts. Um, but good things happen when he has the ball. And he's added those nice one-handed lobs and one-handed passes. He's added some movement, three-point shooting to his game. He looks like he is ready to take another leap. Um, and we're going to see that play out once again for Germany in this tournament. Germany is has a real, real, real good shot 
of winning this whole thing. Certainly they have a very good shot at meddling. I would bet on them meddling more than anything else, but they're just a really dynamic team. And Franz just seems to fit them perfectly and seems to put them in such a great spot. Mo Wagner too does such a great job putting them in a good spot, good spot too. Mo is doing essentially everything that he does for the Orlando Magic uh, for Germany. He comes in, mixes some things up, gets it, you know, plays physically, attacks the offensive glass, uh, you know, bodies people out of the way so other people can do things, screens really well, hits the occasional three, gets the occasional putback. That's Mo Wagner in a nutshell. That's his role for the Orlando Magic, and that's what he provides for Germany. I know there's some pieces, certainly some Magic fans who feel like he should be starting over um, over Voitman on and, and and we've watched Germany so much now we know a lot of their names um, over Voitman starting power forward but he's really perfect in that backup center 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 role for Germany just fills in that fills in those gaps gives him another big body uh, behind Daniel Thice they do some really good things with him and and Germany you know assistant one of the assistant coaches for Germany's Orlando Magic assistant coach Brett Brielmeyer, um, they just run some really good actions and and they're just a really dangerous team. Honestly, on both sides of the floor, I I've really enjoyed I enjoyed watching Germany at the at EuroBasket last year. I really enjoyed watching joy. I'm really enjoying watching Germany play this this uh, World Cup cycle. I, I'm excited to see them in this tournament. I think they're going to have. I think they and Franz especially going to have really big big tournaments. Moving on then to Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles for Australia is also going to play a role very similar to what he's going to play for the Orlando Magic. He comes off the bench for them, and and this Australia team is this is the golden generation of Australia basketball. They're ranked number three in the FIBA, in the FIBA rankings, um, which also includes youth teams. So the U.S. is like, yeah, U.S. is number two, Spain is number one. Um, they're coming off their first ever medal in a major international tournament, uh, getting the bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Um, and so they're feeling very, very good. They obviously, they rely very heavily on Patty Mills and, and now Josh Giddy, who's really had a standout run to, to start to start this World Cup season, they just try to get you down, get downhill, get and kind of live in the paint and, and make things happen uh, in the paint in the paint for them. Uh, it is they're they're really good, they're really fun. I, I, I'm not going to sit sit here sit here and lie. They were, they run a really good style. They play very much like the Magic. They have a lot of these like long wings, these really like lengthy w- wingspan wings who are really good defensively. They will rely on Matisse Thybul, you know, not known in the NBA as a shooter, but a fantastic defender. Matisse Thybul, they'll rely on Josh Green of the Dallas Mavericks. And they got Dante Exum, who's preparing to come back to the NBA, I believe is with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they they have some real talent. And, and what Joe Ingles does, and, and this is what I think he's going to end up doing for the Orlando Magic, is he's a bit of a stabilizer off the bench. Great passer, smart defender, knows when to shoot his shot. And look, like I said the other day, his success is going to depend on him being able to make shots. And, and that's something he struggled a little bit in the, in the exhibition season. You don't worry about him because he's a, he's a veteran. He knows how to get himself ready. Um, but that's ultimately his value to this team. He shoots, he passes the ball, just makes smart plays. That's who Joe Ingles is. Um, Australia, they believe they will medal in this tournament. Um, this is the golden generation for the Boomers. They are, they are in the best run of basketball that they have ever played. And they've always been a pesky out. Now they are legitimately a competitor in, in these tournaments. They beat the U.S. in the in the 2021 exhibition season, running up to the, to the Olympics. Um, this is a really strong team, and so I want I want everyone to take them seriously. Um, the Magic are going to have four of these five players playing for teams that are competing for for, for a medal, that are playing the ser- most serious of games, that are feeling 
all the all the pressure of all the pressure of um of of trying to win a championship and like i cannot stress that this enough it's good practice not look joe ingles doesn't need it like he's played for the jazz he's he played for the bucks last year he's been in deep playoff games um for Paolo and Franz, it's going to be really, really valuable. And we're going to see these guys go deep and deep into the tournament. We'll talk about uh, a little bit the process here uh, in, uh, or who's going to come out on top in, in just a minute. Goga Batadze in Georgia, uh, for them, honestly, it part of it is probably they're a little bit happy to be here. It is definitely a celebratory uh, mood for Georgia um, as a team that is uh, uh, playing in their first World Cup. They're making their World Cup debut, but... Don't sleep on Georgia. I actually have Georgia getting out of their group. I, I think Georgia will advance to the second round. I don't know if they'll get out of the second round, but they will advance to the second. I think they will advance to the second round. Their group is, uh, and it, you know, there'll be some challenges in their group. Their group is, uh, it's Georgia. Uh, who do they play? Do they play Slovenia? Um, it's Georgia, uh, Venezuela, Cape Verde Islands, and I believe Slovenia is their, is their four-team group. Sylvania with Luka Doncic is the favorite to get out. No one's going to deny that. Um, but I think the Georgia-Venezuela game is going to decide who gets who gets second place in that group. And, and Georgia, I think, is very capable of beating beating them. Um, Georgia's going to run a lot of their offense through Sandrew Mamu Kashvili. Um, I'm sorry if I butchered that. Uh, Locked on Bucks can yell at me about that later. Milwaukee Buck Ford, he's had some run in, he's had a little bit of run in the NBA, not, not a ton. And Tornike Shingalia, who's who's a big time player in Europe. They run through those guys. They're big ball handling forwards. I think I think Sandro is 6'8, 6'9. Uh 20K, uh, Shangalia is 6'10. Um, and Goga Batadze just eats up as a screener, as a roller, putbacks, all the things that he did for the Magic. He's starting to display a little bit of the jumper that he showed a little bit with the Pacers that we didn't get to see a lot with the Magic. He's had some big games. Uh, had the big game against Montenegro in the warm-up round. He had another big game against Australia in a tune-up on Monday. Um Goga Batadze is going to be very, very active. And again, for him, it's always about defending the paint, cleaning up around the basket, setting good screens, and being open when his teammates need him. Georgia's going to be a tough out. Like, I, I, I there, there are things to like about this te- that team. They're inexperienced. You know, they may not be as deep, but there's a lot to like about that team. And, and I'm really, again, I'm really excited to watch all these games and all these teams. So that's your setup for the Orlando Magic. Who's going to actually win this thing? We're going to go through and talk a little bit about what the expectations are and why a Palo versus Franz final is very, very, very realistic. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. So, you know, obviously the U.S. is the heavy favorite. And while I think that, I think that um, even though during their warm-up games they looked beatable, and, and I, I, I that should be stressed. This U.S. team is beatable. They are still coming together as a team. There are a lot of really good moments defensively. They're not as strong as a typical U.S. team. Um, they can be a little non-disruptive defensively, even with Jaron Jackson Jr. on the back end. Um, they will be a little bit poor with rebounds. If they're not getting turnovers, their half-court offense can get kind of stuck. They're not they're not efficient running their half-court offense. Um, if they're not hitting threes, they can get into a little bit of trouble. There are clear weaknesses in this U.S. team. 
Uh, and so I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not sounding the alarm. I don't think we'll have a disaster like we had in 2019. This team has, uh, this team has come a lot further than a lot of U.S. basketball teams do. Um, frankly, usually, you know, to 2021 Olympics, the U.S. lost their opening game at the 2021 at the 2020 Olympics in, in Tokyo in 2021. Um, I know that's confusing, but that's what they told us we have to say about that about that event. Um, they they struggled. They really struggled to figure things out. And just you know, Greg Popovich is a genius. I gave him the credit that he deserved because I was a skeptic and was really frustrated with how poorly they were playing. He figured out a way to turn around. So I trust Steve Kerr to continue to refine and grow this team as they develop and as they advance deeper into this tournament. But they're very clearly farther than a lot of U.S. teams that get slapped together the way the U.S. slaps together teams. They've never played with each other, and they've figured each other out and figured out some things much quicker. The way that they held off Spain in that game a couple weeks ago and the way that they came back against Germany, I know they're friendlies. I know they don't count. I don't think previous U.S. teams rallied the way those teams did. They showed a lot of heart and a lot of guts. Um, and this U.S. team, I think they are far and away the favorite. There are a lot of really good teams in this tournament. The U.S. is the U.S. should win this thing. And I think there will be some close games along the way. But they are just talent-wise, as far as like what U.S. teams typically are at this point, preparing for a major tournament, they are far and away. On top of that, they have been like gifted that probably the easiest path any favorite team has been gifted to get to a tournament semifinal, um, which is where that where the fun act, fun stops. Um, they do not play anybody, and and that's no offense to especially Greece. Um, they are going to have a fairly at least on paper, easy walk to the semifinals, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, their group, it, like I said, their group, let me get their, let me get that third team. I apologize. I, I don't have that ready. Um, their group is, uh, they play New Zealand on Saturday morning. That's at 8.40 a.m. tip-off. Um, they play New Zealand. Then they play Greece on Monday, I want to say. Let's see here. Yep, they play Greece on Monday, and Greece would have been the headline event of the group play, but Giannis Antetokounmpo isn't playing, so no longer no longer the, the headliner. Um, and then they play, uh, there it is, Jordan. I knew it was not anyone to be worried about. Um, then they play Jordan. That's their group. There's no reason they shouldn't walk, certainly be top two, top two, but there's no reason they shouldn't be the top team in that group. Their cross group is... Also, you know, so when they go to the second round and the groups combine, their cross group is also not anything to worry about. Their cross group is um, Serbia, who will not have Nikola Jokic. Look, Serbia is still a pretty good team. Um, uh, is still a pretty good team. And then Italy, uh, who does not have Paolo Bancaro. So maybe maybe an inspired Italy team. And then potentially Dominican Republic. Um Essentially, the U.S. has a pretty um, easy, you know, I want to say easy because Serbia is still very capable. I believe Bogdan Bogdanovic is playing. Uh, Nikola Jovic has played well for them. Serbia is always a very, very tough team. Uh, I want to give the Dominican Republic their credit. They're, they're athletic. They got Carl Anthony Towns on, on, their, on their roster this year. Um, Italy is still always very, very craft, crafty, even without Paolo, but they certainly were building a lot of things to, to have Paolo around them. 
Um, so I don't want to like overlook a lot of these teams, but you're not playing any of the tournament favorites. You're not even playing maybe even second tier tournament teams. Like Serbia is probably a second tier tournament team. Um, Greece might be too, I, I, I suppose. But um, the U.S. is going to have a pretty easy walk to the quarterfinals and, and to get out of the second round. Um, like I said, the turn the teams that I think can realistically win this thing with the players that are present are probably the U.S., Germany, Spain, Australia, and me, and probably Canada too. Canada's a really fun team. Um, I will say Serbia and Greece are probably in that next tier. I will give put Slovenia in that next year, probably waffling between the top tier uh, and and the, and, the, and the second tier, just because Luca's Luca. Um, the U.S. doesn't have to worry about any of those teams until they get to the semifinals, and like that's such a huge advantage. Whereas Germany, let's take Germany for instance. Germany's in the group of death. They play Australia in the in their group play, um, so they have a you know. Two teams come out, so losing that game isn't the end of the world. But they play Finland and Australia. Their group is Finland and Australia. Um, in addition, and, and it, it, you know, so they, ha- you know, Laurie Markkinen and Finland have had good runs at Eurobasket. They're a very difficult team. The top two teams in that group advance. Their second round cross match would be with Slovenia. Um, you know, Slovenia would be in their in their second group. So Germany does have. Certainly compared to the United States, Germany has a really tough road to get to the not even not even just the not even just um, the finals, the knockout stage because you got that second round, you know, where it's potentially Slovenia, Australia, and Germany, and one of those teams is gone. Now you would bet Slovenia, but Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic, and Luka and FIBA Luka is a sight to behold. Go watch, you know, watch, turn up, eat, tune on. Turn on ESPN Plus or, or Courtside ET 91, whatever it's called, uh, and watch those games. Um, it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure and a lot of tension. And obviously, you, you just go out and play the games. Germany's very capable of winning these games. But it's going to be a tough road. Um, you know, Australia obviously has the same road ahead of them. So there's going to be some teams that really, really earn it. Um, Spain is not sending one of their strong... I didn't include France in my favorites. France is among the favorites, too. Fiba Fournier... Uh, Rudy Gobert, Nicholas Batum still, um, you know, they, they, you know, France is still a really good team, really good team as well. Um, so to that point then, like, yes, this tournament does feel very wide open. It is set up for the U S to advance. They're not going to finish seventh again this year, guys. They were seventh in the 2019 world cup. They're going to get to the semifinals. They're going to have a chance to win a medal by, by, you know, unless something really bad happens or something really goes wrong, which again, single elimination tournament, who knows? Um, the other side of that bracket is really, really tough. And so Germany and Australia will have a tougher road. Spain doesn't have a lot of the guys they usually have. They're lacking some of their guards with Ricky Rubio sitting this one out. Um, but they are still very, very capable. They are still Spain. Spain always wins. Do not be surprised if Spain wins. France has been knocking on the door to get a gold medal in a lot of these events. They got to the championship game against the U.S. in the Olympics. The U.S. beat them in a very difficult game. That time around, everyone's a year older now, but or a couple years old, older now. But France is still a very, very good team, and I'm really sorry that I forgot them in my earlier segments. But France is definitely a title favorite, a title contender uh, in this in this tournament, a medal contender in this tournament too. So they've got six teams going for three medals. Um, realistically, maybe maybe a few surprises in there too because it's FIBA play. Uh, but it's going to be a fun tournament. Um, I hope you are able to watch it. All the games are streaming on ESPN Plus. 
They, I believe they are usually on demand. So you don't have to wake up in the middle of the night to watch them. Um, uh, I will not be up in the middle of the night to watch them until the knockout rounds. And then I will be up in the middle of the night to watch these games. But, um, but it is, it's going to be a fun tournament. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this tournament. I'm really looking forward to sharing this tournament with you guys. I'm looking forward to see how the Magic's players do. I do expect the U.S. to win this World Cup, and I do expect them to win it. I don't want to say fairly easily, but I think they will win it convincingly, and I think they will bring that gold medal back home, the World Cup championship back home the first time since, twenty, I believe, 2014. Um, it's been a while, um, but that's that's how it goes. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and have a podcast. Hit your tune in him like Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the phone-based available podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Check out Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, check out that Twitter account. I will be posting my thoughts on games as I watch them, so they will not be live. Um uh, uh, I'll post my thoughts on games as I watch them uh, in the morning. It'll probably be like a 10 to 12, 12 to 2 thing. Uh, and then I plan to record my podcasts uh, in the early to mid-afternoon uh, throughout next week and throughout the World Cup to make sure that we do get a chance to talk about these games before the next batch of games begin because uh, mornings are, are very, very weird. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosson-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.